Hi, hola, and hello, and welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast, hosted by me, yours truly, Jackie. I'm an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, trying to balance culture, raise international kids, and learn the language all while trying not to lose my shit. When I'm not parenting, I'm a working mom, aspiring entrepreneur, and a podcaster by night. This season, I will focus on international parents doing their thing from changing careers, starting a business, all while trying to adapt to a new country. So grab a coffee or wine and listen, laugh, and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to My Kids Think I'm Cool But podcast. Today, I have a treat for you guys. It is actually a guest that has been on my podcast previously, but since we are focusing on moms and dads starting a business abroad, I wanted to bring her back because I think she is doing such a great thing, especially for international moms raising kids abroad. She is a parenting coach, a therapist in the UK, and she turned into a parenting coach when she moved to Denmark. She's actually from Denmark. She, her parents are Dane, but she never really grew up here. She lived all over the world and decided to move here to Denmark to raise her son uh, with her husband. But when she thought of moving here, she never really thought that she had to change career, that it would be easy for her to actually take her what she was doing in the UK, which was being a a therapist for children, a very specialized one. And she will explain it in the podcast and take it over here to Denmark. So when she moved here to Denmark, it wasn't that easy for her to actually convert all her university degrees and classes into Denmark. And she found out that she had to really start over, go back to school and do everything she needed to do in Danish. And so she really didn't want that. And in this podcast, she will be sharing her experience on changing careers and also doing something that she loved and have passion for. And now she's really focusing on helping other international parents or just parents in general on raising kids abroad or anywhere in the world. So I think it's really interesting. And I really wanted her to come back and share her story on how she discovered this passion. And also since she is from Denmark, but she never grew up here. So she knows the experiences of living abroad as a child, and also the different cultural differences here in Denmark. And I love that she made the time to be on my podcast again and share her story as an entrepreneur, international entrepreneur living in Denmark and sharing how she started uh, her business as a parenting coach. So I hope you guys find value in this if um, you're a parent or looking to be a coach or start a business here in Denmark or anywhere in the world. I hope this podcast gives you kind of an insight and inspiration on how to start it and and just jump in with your two feet and start the business that you wanted to do. So now let's get into the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Camilla, and thank you for coming back to my podcast. My kids think I'm cool, but podcast. This is your second time on here, so I'm really excited and thank you for taking the time. We all know you are busy with kids, your family, and also your business. So thank you again for coming back and talking about what you're doing. I know we touched briefly on it on our last conversation. If you guys want to hear, she was in my previous season one episode. I'll attach that on this podcast about parenting as an international here in Denmark. She is 
Danish. She is Dane, but she never grew up here. So it's really interesting on how she sees the perspective, what it is living in Denmark. But for the people that haven't listened, uh, Camilla, can you just introduce yourself, who you are, where you're coming from, not just Denmark, but globally, and uh, we'll get back to what you are doing, but just who you are as a person. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. And you're equally busy, if not possibly more busy. You've got more kids than I do. But yeah, so I'm Camilla Gamelgaard-Baker. I'm originally from Denmark, but my family lived abroad a lot because of my dad's work at a paint company. So we lived a lot in the Middle East. I've lived in Kuwait, Dubai, and Saudi Arabia. And we've also lived in the Philippines and in England. And then when I became a mom, I decided to come back to Denmark for nostalgic reasons, I guess, and moved back to Denmark about seven years ago. And and yeah, the rest is, is history, I guess. My husband's British and son speaks both languages, kind of Danglish, a bit of Danish, a bit of English. And yeah, I work as a parenting coach, and that's me. He speaks my language, Danglish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fluent in that too, yeah. <laughs> It's the easiest language. Both to get, Together, both language is the best. <laughs> When I forget a word in Danish, I just say it in English. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's the best way. Can you tell us how it was like growing up Dane, but not really in Denmark, but in another world, in the different countries that you lived in? Sure. It was a really, well, different experience, I guess, than what Danes who grew up in Denmark would have gone through. So I identified as Dane because both my parents were Danish. I had the Danish passport. We spoke Danish at home. We ate all the Danish foods. We'd come home and, and visit at least once a year. But at the same time, when I, when I moved home for a while, I didn't entirely fit in because I didn't get all the cultural references because I didn't grow up here. So I didn't know all the TV programs and the different things going on. But growing up in the Middle East, I went to international schools. So it was really lovely getting to meet so many people from so many different places and different cultures and different languages and different foods, all those wonderful things. And we were all kind of in the same boat because none of us were originally from that country. Or if there were people who were from that country, they were also mixed ethnicity and had moved other places. So they knew what it was like to move and, and get to know new people and form new friendships and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it was a really interesting experience. And I feel incredibly lucky and fortunate to have lived in so many different places and gone to different schools. But it was also really hard as a kid because you're being uprooted and moving again and having to figure out how you fit in again and all that kind of stuff. So, it, you know, pros and cons. It does from the outside, like if I'm looking in in the window, it so, like, seems so exciting and like, oh my gosh, you've lived in, what countries have you lived in? Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Philippines, England, and Denmark. I think I'm not forgetting anything. I think they're all there. Yeah. If you said that to someone and someone says like, oh, that's so amazing. It's so great to you know experience those different cultures. But when you think about it, in your view, it's just like it was hard and no one can experience that except yourself. But when I'm looking at you, I'm just like, ah, oh, it must have been so fun. <laughs> Probably in some aspects it is. Yeah. And then it was all difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, lots of fun things, definitely, but also lots of nerve wracking things, lots of nervousness starting new schools, being the new kid, trying to figure out how to fit in or how they did things a certain way or And I think it's just like the way we relate to it as adults, I guess, is when we start a new job. It's exciting, but it's also a bit 
feel a bit nervous. You get the butterflies. Yeah, I totally understand about that, about starting new in a different country. It's such a different experience, different feeling that uh, a person can have. Since this is a parenting uh, podcast, and then maybe there are some listeners that haven't really listened to our last podcast about you talking about parenting here in Denmark, uh, tell us your experience being a parent. Now, it is your country, but in this country, and how is it different from the places that you've experienced growing up? Sure. Well, I mean, that's a huge question. I could spend hours just, so I'll give you like the, the brief kind of rundown on that. But really, I think Danes, I mean, I love. Danes, but I don't always fully identify as one since coming home because I didn't know all the kind of Danish ways, quote unquote. So I think Danes love their tradition, love their their culture and their customs. And I love that about it, but they have a very set way of doing things. So I think that was quite hard for me coming back, kind of thinking, I remember when my child, he was only like a year and a half or something when we moved back and um, being told by the Dao Playa that he went to, which is like the, I don't know, the kid childcare place, that he had to wear certain sets of clothes. And I was like, but we've got all these other warm clothes for him. Why can't he just layer up on them? But no, no, we had to have the Fluodracht or the Tamotoy and all these different, very specific ways. And I just thought, well, why are we going out and spending all this money when we've got all this perfectly normal well-suited, it fits him already kind of stuff. But those were like the Danish way. So it was kind of just getting into this new way of doing things because Danes have a very Danish way of doing things, a very specific way, which is awesome. I totally, I, I love the way they do it, but it's, it's almost like there is only this one way to do things right. So that I found quite challenging, especially having lived in so many other places where there's thousands of ways, millions of ways to do things differently. Um, and having to kind of conform and fit into this little box took a little while to get used to, I think. Yeah, the whole winter clothes thing also still gets me. <laughs> and I've been living here for a long time. <laughs> But when you're a first-time parent here, trying to conform to what they wear, it's really difficult because it's just like, okay, you have to have that, certain boots, certain this. When you didn't grow up with that, it's just so difficult. It's like, why do we have to have that? And it's something that you have to get used to, really. And now I am sort of used to it, but still I kind of like fight it back a little bit. But that's how they do it here. <laughs> yeah. And before we get to your business, can you tell the audience, the listeners, what you did uh, professionally before you uh, came to Denmark and then why you went to Denmark after that. Yeah, sure. So when prior to moving here, we were living in England and I was working as a psychodynamic counselor for children and adolescents. And I was working for a charity uh, called The Place to Be, which offers counseling and therapy to children and their parents and, and teachers in schools. And I absolutely adored my job. I loved it. it. Running a counseling agency, matching people up with therapists, offering the counseling. It was just, I loved it. It was such a fantastic job. And, and I thought, okay, moving to Denmark, everybody, there's always people who need emotional help. There's always someone who needs a little bit of extra support. It'll be easy for me to find work there. Not a problem. So we moved. And then when I got here, I discovered it was actually surprisingly difficult to find work because the degree that I had wasn't actually recognized here. What I, counseling, what I do is, is kind of like a mix between what a psychologist would do over here and a psychotherapist, but it wasn't either. And both are protected titles. So I couldn't call myself either of those, even though I was kind of doing a mix between both. 
So I found it incredibly difficult. So if I had known how hard it would be to find the same work over here, it may have made me question whether or not it was a good idea to move back when I did. I might have taken some more courses or changed my direction or something a little bit before coming here. I do love it here. We said we'd only try it for a year. We ended up just loving it and sticking around. So it's not that it, I'm not happy here or anything like that. But it was just surprising that I had to change my line of work. So I decided to pivot and find a way I could still work families and children and adults, their parents, and became a parenting coach. And actually, in some ways, I was leaning towards that anyway, because even though we could work a lot with the children and make a lot of big changes for them, unless the parents were actually engaged in changing stuff with them as well, then we wouldn't really see long lasting change with the children because they're going back to the same home environments, the same patterns, same ways of thinking and being. So, so yeah, this gave me a great opportunity to work with the parents in a different kind of way. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of parents or people moving to Denmark either for love, uh, for for love, and then just trying to see experience Denmark. They realize that their degree or what they were doing is not recognized in Denmark. It makes it difficult for them. They either have a choice; they can go back to school again for a couple years to learn what they were already learning and practice that, or like you said, pivot. To another, another way of having income or having something uh, they like to do. So I think that's really uh, you. You are one of those people that are just like, okay, I need to do something, or this is not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it, the turning point? Was it when you got to Denmark and it was like, oh crap, I can't do what I, I love doing. Uh, so what was the turning point in your life where you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna start a business do something myself, uh, do something I like. What was that point? What were you doing? And just kind of like a light bulb in your head that you wanted to do something? Well, I, I did a couple of odd jobs here and there before I got to the point where I thought, okay, I need to figure out something more sustainable. When I first moved back, like I said, my, my son was only a year and a half. So the thought of going back to university and doing like another four-year course Um, and starting from scratch and doing everything I'd already done before, which I think second time around, you're not going to be as passionate. Also doing it in Danish. Well, my Danish is all right, but my written Danish and my grammar and stuff, I don't think it's really spectacular. So I was really kind of nervous about doing that and just thinking, really, have I got to do all that again? I've already spent all that money and all that time and all that effort to go through all that again with a young child now and being tired and sleep deprived. I just thought I can't do that. So I was sort of doing odd jobs. And then fortunately, one of my dear friends, close friends, who's actually almost like a doula who was there for the birth of my son, she passed away quite suddenly. She had a stroke and it kind of gave me this wake up call that actually life is short and you don't know how much time we've got here. You know, tomorrow's promise to no one. And she was always an amazing source of support for me. And I kind of wanted to role model that or to pay that forward to other moms. You know, I remember being a very insecure mom. My parents living abroad weren't around. So I had to figure out a lot of stuff on my own. And the contradictory advice you sometimes get from midwives and doctors and your friends who mean well and, you know, family. And in the end, you just feel so confused about, you know, what am I supposed to be doing with this tiny little baby? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So she helped me through so much of that. And I really wanted to be able to do that for others. So that's when I decided this might be a good path to take. 
For any of the listeners out there that's curious, can you explain what a parent coach is? Because maybe you're like, oh, maybe, you know, one of those people that stand in the sidelines and root you on like a cheerleader. But can you explain a little bit more in detail what a parenting coach does and how they help parents cope, especially international parents, because we all have this issue of balancing the culture, what's right, what's wrong, because what's right here in Denmark cannot be right in the, for example, in the US, like drinking is not allowed till you're 21. But here in Denmark, it's okay when you're 13 years old. So how does a parent explain what parenting coach is to any of the listeners? Yeah, sure. So it's such a good question, because before all this, I had no idea what it was either. I don't think many people really hear about what parenting coaches really do. So It's like you said, it's someone who cheerleads for you and roots you on and encourages you and reassures you. But it's also someone who can guide you to figure out what's right for you. Because like you said, it's so different in different cultures, right? Over here, you can leave your pram outside with your baby to sleep in the fresh air. If you did that in the US, I think you'd get arrested for child neglect, right? So it's different cultures, different ways. And it's about you finding what way works for you and your kid and your family or kids, plural. Because different things are going to work for different families. There is no cookie cutter approach, one size fits all. So what a parenting coach does is helps you find the answers in you. Tell you what to do. They don't bulldoze you and the way you do things already. They help you sort of make sense of all the information that you're being overloaded with. There's tons of research and science-backed stuff that can really help and they can guide you and give you tips and tricks. But really at the end of the day, it's down to you what you decide to try on and see what works for you. So that's kind of in a loose, very quick summary. That's what a parenting coach does. Can you give like an example? For example, for me, I'm having trouble with my son screaming a lot and I don't want to scream back or discipline him so much. What would be like your advice for me or any parents out there that's having trouble with their small child screaming? Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of parents out there that have a screaming child that they just don't know how to deal with. Absolutely. I mean, really, that is probably the biggest theme that comes up again and again and again. And I mean, we could spend an hour just talking about this one thing and all the different stuff that can help. But really, if I was to give you the kind of two best things from my perspective to do. Um, And of course, it depends on the age of the child and, you know, what emotional stage are they at, developmental, all that stuff. So it's not just black and white, it's a very gray area. But really, the first thing is kind of connect with your kid, like connect before you correct, right? That's like the, the age old saying. So it's really about when you've already connected with them, when you already then when you need to sort of tell them, hey, it's okay, calm down or, or help them support them in those feelings, right? Allowing the feelings, but also kind of trying to like minimize the size of the, the tantrum or the whatever you want to call it, depending on what the situation is. It's really that kind of connecting with them, allowing them to feel, feel really seen and heard and understood in that moment, but just allow the feelings. And sometimes that's really, really hard because we're in a moment where we don't want a screaming child in the middle of the supermarket while they're throwing, I don't know, tins of tuna around or whatever is going on, right? Or we have somewhere we need to go and we're in a rush. So the other side of the coin as well is it's not just about their behavior and their feelings. It's also about our behavior and our feelings, right? So it's really about looking after yourself. So many moms neglect themselves because we're taught to put everyone else first. 
But actually, we have to like spend time on self-care, looking after ourselves, filling our own cup before we can give to others. And I know that that sounds like such a cliche, but really how many people are actually doing it? Looking after yourself so that you can be more patient, so that you can be more present and calmer in that moment. That's going to be the best thing you can actually do for your kid. That is really good advice because I notice when I explode, it's something that's missing from me that I incomplete. Something was incomplete that I couldn't finish, and then it, it gets it goes towards the kids a little bit. Like I forgot to do something with my podcast or something, and it's just it goes over to the family if you don't complete it. So it's something that we have to look it within ourselves. So that's really good advice, and I can see that when I get upset or when the kids get upset, it's usually that's something within the parent. Absolutely. I mean, unless, I think, I'm, unless I'm, I'm taking a snack away, which is a completely different of course. thing. <laughs> I mean, there are sometimes they don't want bedtime, they don't want bath time, whatever yeah. it might be. Of course, it starts with them, but how we handle it lays with us, right? And it's that frustration. And we've all been there. I mean, I still do it, even though I'm a parenting coach. So I'm supposed to have it all figured out and supposed to do it all by the book. But we're all human beings. We're not robots. Sometimes those feelings of frustration are get on top of us and spill into other areas. So yeah, so it's really just coming back to us and looking after us. Yeah, no, I totally agree because there's some moments where I'm like talking to myself there. My kids are screaming. I'm like, I can either take this a whole new level or just calm down. Which way am I going to go? <laughs> and it's just like, you're always talking to yourself. So like I'm yeah, always talking to myself yourself. as my as a parent. I'm like, do I want a screaming child for an hour or can I just give in and give the damn snack? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think we coach ourselves in some ways, you know, when we start talking to ourselves. I think it's quite natural. You know, we might feel like we're going crazy at the time we're doing it and start questioning why am I speaking to myself? But (laughs) we do it inside our heads anyway. What's the difference if we do it on the outside too? Yeah, I feel like I'm always talking to myself. I'm just like, I can either go this way or that way. I can give this, I cannot give that. It's like all the time, a constant conversation. I think I have a committee in my head. It's just like, (laughs) yes, you can do that. No, you can't do that. You know what the consequences are. (laughs) Since you are based in Denmark and you started this business, a parenting coach on your own, was it hard starting the process like um, to be own entrepreneur or a business here in, in Denmark? Was it easy? Was it hard? How did you just start? I mean, I don't know if I'm the perfect example of how to do this because I did a lot of learning along the way. I just kind of jumped in with both feet and hoped for the best and then figured out things like, how do I apply to have like a business name? How do I do my taxes? How do I start a website? All those kind of very practical things I just learned along the way. And I think possibly if I'd had someone guiding me through that part, I might have avoided a lot of headache. But it is what it is. I think in some ways, it's quite simple. You just need to figure out works in the country that you're in, you know, what the rules are, all that kind of stuff. Really, my biggest hindrance, I think, was my own, my own head, my own mindset. I think sometimes we get into that, oh, my God, what if it doesn't work out? What if I'm not good enough? What if I do something wrong? What if I forget to pay this at the right time or whatever? And all that kind of background noise can kind of stop us from taking that risk and stepping forward. So after a while, I ended up getting myself a business coach who um, helped me kind of overcome some of that mindset stuff. And actually, I think a lot of the stuff that holds us back, a lot of that kind of internal chatter from that inner critic was probably part of that committee you were talking about, all those voices inside our heads, right? I think a lot of 
like the same strategies that I learned from my business coach. I already knew from my parenting coaching, but I just hadn't thought to apply it to the business side of things. So it's funny how the tools are really quite simple, but it's just actually using them, picking them up and using them and then applying it consistently, like things to stop yourself from going down the road of self-doubt or listening to that little voice, kind of turning down the volume on that little inner critic and kind of turning up the voice on your inner cheerleader, who's also part of that committee. What was your biggest fear going into this, starting your own business, uh, especially coming from a professional background as a, a therapist in the UK, and then all of a sudden here you're starting a whole new business that you're sort of familiar with, and also you have experience in because you did grow up in different parts of the world. So what was your biggest fear starting this business? Oh, I mean, I had so many fears. It's hard to list just one. But I think possibly the thing that I found the hardest was as a therapist, you are meant to be very private. Like there's a very clear line about what you share about yourself and what you don't. It's all about the client. And not that coaching suddenly becomes all about you. Not at all. It's still all about the client and the client is at the forefront. However, when you start as an entrepreneur, you've got to put yourself out there and be very visible so that people know you exist, especially if you're working online with the global market. And I found that really tricky. And it, the whole balance between how much of myself do I share? How authentic can I be without feeling like I've exposed too much? How much do I share of my family life? How, much, how many pictures of my child do I share? Is he okay with this? His consent, he's only a small kid. Does he understand what it means? Once I've posted a picture of him on the internet, then it's there forever. You know, even if you remove it, we know that it's still out there. So all that kind of very fine line balancing act of figuring out how am I as a presence in the online space compared to before where I was very private, very professional. Not that I'm saying I'm not professional now, but I do swear a hell of a lot more. So, so things are a little bit different now. I think in some ways I'm more myself, but that's also been challenging, I think. I think the whole online and presenting yourself online, especially as you as a coach, social media is a hard, hard thing for me to do. How much am I going to share of myself? How much of my kids am I going to share or activities we do? There's like a hard line. What is too much and what can we share? Yeah. So I think that's what's scary because everyone's just sharing everything. I went to the bathroom today or I went to <laughs> go shopping and it's, it's like, how much should we share to the public and how much do we keep uh, private? And I still, I still have trouble with social media. I'm just like, uh, should I share about my family? Should I share about myself? Mm -hmm. And now I just like sharing about other people. And this is why po my podcast came about. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired you, uh, besides your friend who died, what else inspired you just kind of to start this business for yourself and for, for your family? I think just the sheer and utter frustration of not being able to do what I was actually trained to do and having worked odd jobs here and there, I think I just got to the point where I was like, something needs to give or I need to go back and study. And it just seemed like the lesser of two evils, you know, <laughs> or two good paths or whatever spin you want to give it. Do you have any advice for listeners out there, parents or um, anyone that's just kind of like on the edge of creating something that they want to do, but scared of doing, don't know what the public's going to say, what their friends and family, which is the biggest thing, is usually friends and family, what they're going to think of you. How do they just make that leap from thinking of a business, what they want to do, either a coaching to doing it? 
Yeah, I think really, it's just about believing in yourself. And I know that sounds like such a cliche, and we've heard it all before. But I think if you want to do it in a safe feeling way, then have a part time job on the side. But if you want to start something up on your own, you've got to just forge ahead and just go all in and just believe in yourself and be prepared for people trying to talk you out of it or being worried about you or saying, don't take it, you know, don't take that risk. It's too risky or, or whatever it might be. And just forge ahead anyway, because if you hold yourself back, then of course, it's never going to work out. It's, it's like, I think it was Tony Robbins who said, uh, in order to capture the island, you've got to burn your boat so that there's no going back. You've got to be all in. Otherwise, it's never, if you're always waiting for the perfect time or the perfect moment for things to be just right, well, then you're going to be work, uh, waiting forever, you know, and life's just too short. You just never know how much time you've got left. So if you want, if you have a dream and you want to go for it, you know, just grab it and just go for it. Don't let anything hold you back. That's such good advice. I think for anyone that's just too scared or just thinking about it or fearing what other people are going to say about uh, their business or their new found love for a new hobby or something like that. Mm -hmm. What is one thing that you wish you knew now? What, what's one thing that you wish you knew now that you would tell yourself when you first started? That it's going to take a long time to find your groove. Uh, and that's okay. And that there is no uh, quick fix. There is no magic wand. I mean, I knew in some ways all this in advance, but I suppose it's like knowing before you become a parent for the first time that you're going to be tired. But I don't think you really understand the full meaning of just how tired you're going to be. Because normally when you've been tired, if you've pulled an all-nighter at work or something, you've always been able to catch up on that sleep. But with parenthood, there is no catching up. There is no bank of sleep that you can make withdrawals from, right? So I think it's the same thing with this. Even though I knew it was going to take time, I didn't realize how it was going to feel while I was just plodding along. So it's just showing up and being consistent and just keep going, keep going, that it will gather momentum and you will get where you want to be, but it just, it just takes the time it takes and just being patient. Yeah, I totally agree with that, especially when parents are starting a business. If you're single and don't have kids, it's easy to just kind of do all-nighters because you're like, I could sleep all day. But when you're a parent, you can't do all-nighters because you have two kids you're taking care of the next day that needs you, especially when they're under five. It's like they need more attention than mm -hmm. a 10-year-old. And also, I always wonder, I don't know if you do, Camilla, but I always wonder, I was like, what the hell did I do when I didn't have kids? What yeah. did I do with all my time? <laughs> yeah. And how did I think I was busy? You know, this is like a whole other level of busy. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Busy. And then I was like, you don't know what tired is until you become a parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the definition of tired is become a parent. Then, yeah. then you know what tired means. <laughs> I, I found that out when my first child, I was like, I complained I was tired before I had kids. I was like, what was I thinking? That's yeah. not tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a real shock. <laughs> it is. Becoming a parent is like, everyone's like, it's such a wonderful thing. It is wonderful. But also, not to be negative, but it was also the hardest thing. Yeah, it's borderline traumatic. Yeah. yeah. It's like, here's a baby, raise it. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Does it come with an instruction manual that I can have? Yeah. And then every baby's different. Like there's yep. sleeper babies where you think it's perfect. And then there's babies that don't sleep. And there's babies that cry a lot. It's just like, mm -hmm. you don't know what kind of baby you're going to get. Yeah. It's like the lottery. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Anyways, I've taken up 
so much of your time already. Um, let's wrap this up. But before we do wrap this up, do you have any last words about uh, your parenting coach? Any tips for the listeners that you want them to know about? I think if there's one tip I'd give every parent, a little bit like how we've just been joking about, what the heck do I do with this baby? Where's the instruction manual? I think it's really to trust yourself. If there's one thing, we might have been given a very clear instruction manual, but we have been given our parenting intuition. And sometimes we can't hear it over all the noise and the self-doubt. But I think it's in there. It's in there in every single one of us, mothers, fathers, you know, whoever you are, you have that innate, maybe it's biologically wired. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it comes from, but, but you will know because you're the expert on your kids. So when you're feeling those moments of doubt, just go within, listen to yourself, trust that you know what you're doing or that you can learn it along the way. And if you're in doubt, read some books, get a parenting coach, talk to a mentor, talk to a relative but you ultimately will know what's best for your kid. And just kind of just trust that, trust yourself. Yeah, that's a really good advice. And I, I also agree with that because when I had my first baby, I just doubted myself. I was like, I never even changed a diaper. And then all of a sudden I changed the diaper at that moment. But yeah, so I think it's, it's a really good tip that you just said that that's, you just know how to parent and... And it just comes right away. You figure it out as you go. Yeah. And then my last question for my own side uh, business and like I love what I love doing, what my passion is for is Kiddily. Can you give two two places that you recommend in Herning because you're from Herning that uh, parents can go to and enjoy? Yeah, sure. I'm just on the outside of Herning, so I know it a bit. But I would definitely say there's a place called Lubagane, which is also just outside Hanning, which is like this amazing kind of very natural playground, kind of wooded area where kids can go. And there's also like a picnic area where you can grill your own food or make a fireplace. There's animals there. They keep bees. There's all kinds of wonderful stuff. Lots of nice places to go for walks. So that's definitely a place I recommend. And then um, the other place I'd recommend is the Hanning Library because there's, well, there's endless books. There's a whole section for English books for kids as well, which we never had when I was growing up. I had to go into the adult section if I wanted English books. And then, you know, you get hit with like a massive Stephen King book or something, which might not be an age appropriate thing, but that was what was available in my day. So it's really, really lovely. And they've got a massive play area where there's like this crazy kind of slide climbing area. It's, it's so great for kids. And yeah, it's, I really recommend it. It's just really great. I'll also have this on my uh, website with the podcast, also linked to the location of, of it. And then Camilla might have a review on there and it'll just say this is what Camilla recommends for any parents out there that's living or if you're not a parent, to just go visit with friends or family and mm -hmm. see animals. Anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview again. Um, can you just tell the audience uh, how they can connect with you? And also, I'll have all this information so you guys don't have to run and get a piece of paper. I have this information on the website. So just quickly, can you tell the audience where they can find you, how they can connect with you? Sure, absolutely. So Camilla Gamelgard Baker, and you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find me on my website, which is camillaparentingcoach.com. And thank you so much. I've really enjoyed being on the podcast. Uh, it's always a joy, like last time. It just feels like uh, hanging out with a friend and just having a good old chat. 
Yes, it is. And I feel like our conversations, we can talk forever, but we have limited time. And yeah, um, I know what we don't, yeah, being a parent and we don't <laughs> want to record a two hour <laughs> podcast. But again, thank you so much. And any last words before we sign off? No, just uh, keep being you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you again. And then to the listeners, uh, everything will be on my website on how to link with uh, Camilla, follow her on Facebook, connect with her on her website, and and she will uh, get back to you. Thank you, everyone, and talk to you guys soon. What did you guys think about that interview? I thought it was really interesting how Camilla shared her experience moving to Denmark and starting over in her career. And I think it's very inspiring that she moved over to something that she's familiar with, especially helping other parents being a parent. I never knew that there was parenting coaches out there that existed. And I can see the benefit that it has because parenting is such hard work. And sometimes you just need someone to kind of root you on, like she said, or kind of show you the options of what you can do as a parent on disciplining your child or being with your child or raising your child in this uh, culture that we're in, because we all are living in Denmark or somewhere in the world. And it's so different from our home country or even how we are raised as kids. For me, my mom actually is Filipina, grew up in the Philippines, uh, but I was raised in Los Angeles in uh, US. So that's such a different aspect and different way of being raised. And also my my dad was American. So it was two cultures in one house that's trying to uh, mold me as a as a child. So and also I never realized how hard it was parenting until I became a parent in a different country here in Denmark. So I can understand how a parenting coach can be beneficial to any parent anywhere in the world. And then she actually made it into a business where she has the background as a therapist for children. And now she's helping adults be the key to molding their kids. So I found it very interesting. And Camilla, thank you so much for sharing your experience and starting a business here in Denmark and how you turned your passion into something that helps other people, uh, other parents around the world. I'll have everything on my website, the links to get in contact with her. Maybe you guys, uh, any of the listeners want advice on how to start, get started in being a parenting coach or even a, a coach in anything here in Denmark. And also if you guys need help uh, and would like to be, have a parent, parenting coach um, help you get through, you know, these moments. For example, for me, when my, my son is yelling, I just don't know what to do or feel overwhelmed. You guys can contact her. I think it's a, a really great uh, thing that she's doing, helping other parents. And also, um, she shared such an amazing place in Herning. That will be on my Kiddly website. Uh, that's my side project, a side passion of showing parents, international parents, on where to go with their kids. So I'll also have that link on my website so you guys can check it out especially if you're in herning or anywhere near herning or want to travel to herning check that place out again thank you to my listeners on on listening to my episodes and also just having uh, supporting me on this podcast i'm doing this all for fun because i love meeting new people and also sharing experiences and my own experience living here in Denmark. So until the next episode, guys, see you. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Facebook or even Instagram 
And sometimes I make some funny TikTok uh, videos. So, yeah. Have a good day, guys. Bye.